Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, and welcome to another edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach. I am an author and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And we are back again with another episode entitled Mass Together America two. And this is where we're going to be talking about uh, a show that we did not too long ago with our guest, Julie Lamb, where we were talking about mask awareness. And now she is joined with several of her new friends. And it has been a continued movement as we have seen strands of COVID continuing on the rise, we've seen new variants, and we want to make sure that people are continuing to be aware of the importance of wearing masks. So before we dive into this, as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have my many guests to introduce themselves at this time, and we will start off with Miss Julie. I'm Julie Lamb from New York City. I'm a writer who loves taking pictures. At the start of the pandemic, I initiated Mass Together America to raise awareness on social media. I take mass portraits of people because I believe each mass portrait represents a voice. I want people to hear us. People need to know that a community of love does exist. We get vaccinated. We wear our masks, we support each other so we can end this pandemic together. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more in just a moment. We want to go ahead and get all of our guests introduced here. And next we will have Miss Lindsay. Hi, I'm Lindsay Schwarz. Um, I'm affiliated with Masks Together America. And um, I'm here because I am a coronavirus survivor a daughter of a father lost to COVID. Um, I'm the wife of an essential worker, an airline pilot who is consistently exposed to viruses. And I'm also the mother of a six and an eight-year-old who are unfortunately going back to school, not under a mask mandate here outside of Atlanta. And I want everybody to know that masking does not have to be a burden and that it's also not political. So thank you for having me here today. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us, Lindsay. Next, we'll hear from Ms. Robbie. Hi, I'm Dr. Robbie Tamargo. I'm a clinical psychologist in private practice in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm a Navy veteran and serve as a consultant to the Naval Hospital Jacksonville and the um, branch clinic in Mayport. Um, I specialize in treating trauma patients. I am a COVID long hauler. Today is day 453 of being sick. I want to encourage everyone to 
to wear a mask to protect yourselves from the Delta variant, as well as other variants that will come along. I want you to protect our unvaccinated children. And I'm asking you to protect people like me who have become immunocompromised due to COVID-19. I was just hospitalized on Thursday. As you can hear in my voice, I have an upper respiratory infection. And um, I am very um, challenged with opportunistic um, bacterial infections or viral infections that are out there. I was also hospitalized five weeks ago for four days to receive IV antibiotics for treatment resistant urinary um, tract infection. Wow. So these are the reasons I'd like to ask you to continue to mask up. It's absolutely not a political decision. It's a public health decision. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with us, Dr. Wabi. Okay, next we'll hear from Mary. You're still on mute, dear. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mary Conde. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I am a retired healthcare worker, so I guess you'd have to say I'm kind of an independent contractor. Um, my way of bringing awareness to the COVID-19 pandemic and what one of the things that we need to do is um, for over a year now, I've posted a, an original mask every day um, to bring awareness to the importance of masks, or as we called it in the healthcare professional, one of the forms of PPE or personal protective equipment. So the only thing I can do is to remind people to wear a mask to wear it properly, to cover your nose and your mouth. Um, that's how we can protect everybody. That's it. Thank you so much for being here with us, Mary. Welcome, My welcome. Pleasure. Thank you. Yes, and next we'll hear from Becky. Hi, my name is Becky Robertson. And um, although I wasn't going to show my face because as a COVID long hauler, I am uh, still haunted. Um, with various rashes and infections and things, um, you know, just like Dr. Robbie said, um, I mean, COVID will just haunt you, but not everyone has a potential to haunt you. And um, so just like Dr. Robert, Robbie, I uh, doing antibiotics, steroids, treatments, what works, what doesn't work. And uh, I'm left like a lot of my cohorts, um, still fighting an invisible enemy that we uh, seem to diagnose. It's like they keep treating everything, but they don't actually diagnose you. So this seems to go long hauler is, uh, it's a lot longer for some than others. Um, so I'm, I'm well into the uh, 14th month now. Anyhow, I joined with uh, Julie because I post quite prolifically 24 hours a day, nonstop, latest news, breaking news, whatever's going on, however I could possibly reach people, some of it, there's a little shock value, but you know, if it helps, that's, that's what I can do. Um, so I, I work really hard at that, Mass Together America. I've now outfitted all of my doctors um, and their offices with masks. And, um, and it, it's just a real joy to, to go in and see them wearing the Mass Together America. It's like, wow, I I made a difference and especially in a doctor's office. Um, but yeah, so that uh, it's, this is really like Julie kind of consumed my life and, and that's okay. Um, if it saves a few lives, then, then we're doing what we set out to do. 
but but this is not a time to give up at all at all we can't give up and like the rest of you sending our kids to school right now no mask mandate and and ours i don't know if like yours lindsay um but they're not telling the parents to me that's they're doing us a great disservice and uh you know if kids have lice they tell the family they're not telling them if they have COVID, and that's scary it's a really scary uh situation we're about to go into here so Props to everybody for making uh, making a difference. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Okay, next we're gonna hear from Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel Lazerin from New York City. Um, I'm a volunteer with Mask Together America. Um, Julie um, kind of inspired me to get involved very early on. It was probably March, 2020. Um, I think before I was even, there were mask mandates, before I was wearing a mask, um, she kind of started this effort and, you know, it really, um, you know, a lot has changed in the, the last 15 months. Um, I, I never would have thought we would be where we are today. Um, it's obviously, you know, it's not always easy to wear a mask. It's not always comfortable, but it is important. And I think where we are today, it's, it's ever more important. I mean, I feel like many people sometimes ready to just stop, tired of it, want to take it off. But when I'm in a public place, I, I mean, I, I feel it's critical. I protect myself and I protect the people around me. And it's and then it feels like not hard um, because it, it's so much more important what's wearing a mask, a little bit, you know, a little bit of inconvenience um, for saving lives. And so I'm very happy to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you here as well. We appreciate you taking time out to be here with us. All right, next we have Helen. Hello. Hi, I'm Dr. Helen Rosada Pesola, nurse practitioner. Julie and I have been very good friends for a long time. Our kids swam together in the same swim team. So um, I joined Julie because um, I work at the Department of Veterans Affairs, New York City, Manhattan campus. Um, I did not get COVID, although I went to work every day taking the subway during the pandemic. I was lucky enough not to get it. However, I took care of my husband who is an ICU physician who got COVID and my son who was asymptomatic. And when we tested the antibodies, he had antibodies. We didn't even know that um, he got COVID because he was just asymptomatic except for one day. He did not have a sense of smell and a sense of taste. So that's very interesting. As a healthcare worker and a frontliner, I do believe in the science and the numbers. I have lost many friends in healthcare, families. Recently, my two uncles passed away from COVID mm -hmm. and um, it's not easy for us. Um, in order to eradicate this pandemic, it is really important that everyone gets vaccinated and continue to wear masks. In fact, the CDC recently updated its guidance and recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks indoors and other areas where there is substantial and high transmission rate of COVID-19. And now we have the Delta uh, variant, which is really um, contagious. And nobody knows what the transmission, um, 
rate of transmission is. And so uh, I was listening in the news this morning and they had like over 100,000 cases now. So it is a real pandemic. And it is basically they're saying that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and therefore we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect our families, the children, especially those under 12 years old by wearing a mask. So my message is please help the healthcare system and our heroes by doing your part, getting vaccinated and continue to wear masks. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you so much, Dr. Helen. We appreciate you being here with us. I think I've gotten everyone. Did I leave anyone? Nope, I, I see Miss Katie. Miss Katie, you're up next. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kim, for, for having us on. And thank you, Julie, for Mass Together America, putting this uh, together. My name is Katie Marsh. Um, I represent uh, New England Complex Systems Institute in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, work with pandemic expert Yanir Baryam. And we have been trying to convince um, the nation, the world at large, to go for elimination strategy to not live with the virus because of all of the reasons you all just mentioned here and more. We believe that wearing masks and the proper PPE is so essential to keep everyone safe and to bring down the case numbers. But we, in fact, are hoping that we can get everyone on board to just stop this because we do have the, the means to do so. It's a matter of deciding to do so. And we are bringing people together through our different networks, such as ncoronavirus.org and newly started the World Health Network. Um, we just need to really get rid of this virus and we can do it and we need to make our voices louder and we will do that if we band together. So thank you again, Kim, so much for, for having us on. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here with us, Katie. And then last but not least, Dr. March, she is a returning guest here on the How Now podcast. She came on and spoke initially, um, as a long hauler and she has, uh, partnered with Julie and actually was instrumental in me having the opportunity to meet uh, Julie and to become a part of Mass Together uh, America. So I'm gonna let her introduce herself at this time. Dr. Marge. Well, good afternoon to everybody. I'm Dr. Marjorie Roberts out of Johns Creek, Georgia. I am a COVID survivor, long hauler advocate. And I am just so happy to be a part of Julie and Julie's vision that she has for the entire world because the message needs to get out there. As I quickly approach my 500 days of COVID-19 and all that has happened to me with my lungs and my liver and the loss of seven teeth, it is devastating. This virus is devastating. And this virus is, is no respect of persons. So being a part of this group, it allows me to do what I can do, which is, and it's so easy, it's just like asking people to wear a mask because I don't want anybody to go through what I have went through and now that we have this new variant and it's coming at the kids as adults, that means we have to step up our game 
and we have to do everything that we can do to protect these kids because to have a child have nodules in their lungs and spots on their liver and swollen lymph nodes in their lungs and to be diagnosed with sarcoidosis, that's not, that, that's hard for me as an adult. So when we come together with Mask America, Mask Together America, we go after everybody. COVID-19 does not discriminate. So therefore we can't. And now, like I say, that it's coming after the kids and these kids are gonna be going in classrooms where grown people didn't make the right decision. And that's a scary thought. And to just again, to, to know that what's going on in my body as an adult could be happening to kids that we gotta step up. We gotta do better. So uh, Julie, thank you so very much for everything that you're doing. And, and Kim, thank you for giving us this platform to be heard. And I just want the world to know that we grown people gotta stop playing these games because the kids are not being given a fair chance and we were. That's right. That's right. Well, again, I, I thank you all so much for being here, for being a part of this movement, for taking time out of your schedules to, to be here with us. And, and I just want to say quickly to piggyback off of what um, Dr. Marge said that, you know, this virus has not been, uh, you know, choosy and, and, who gets that, you know, who is, becomes a victim or becomes touched by this virus. It has touched everyone from the youngest to the oldest and our children are not able to have as much of a voice, you know, due to, you know, not being able to necessarily, uh, you know, be able to speak out as, as much as adults have but we want people to know that, yes, this virus is affecting your children. There are many children that will be starting back to school. I know here in the Atlanta area, children will be starting back to school tomorrow. Teachers have been out uh, and setting up their classroom to have the children come back in face-to-face, -face, just like uh, a few of the ladies suggested. You know, with their children, they are not having mandates. I know Lindsay mentioned that as well, that they don't have any mandates for wearing masks. We're talking about the effects of of, uh, you know, just children being exposed, children that are not of age to receive the vaccination. This is a critical time. And, and just as um, Dr. Helen said with, uh, you know, the different uh, variants and, you know, the children not being able to be vaccinated under the age of 12, there's a lot of exposure that our children uh, will have. And I know that there are a lot of parents out there who are fearful for their children. So, you know, just when, you know, people were starting to say, okay, I, I'm okay with it. Now there's that fear again, that we're going to see a surge in this pandemic. People who are still not willing to take the vaccination, people who are, are um, you know, not willing to wear the mask, but it's important for us to see that this pandemic is far from over. We know that we have long haulers who are still experiencing the effects like Becky and like um, Dr. Marge. And, uh, you know, it's just been, and I'm sorry, and Robbie as well, that this is just, it's just something that is not over yet. And 
we don't want to be remiss in, in not letting people understand that this is important, this is critical, and, and just like, like it was before, this is a critical time for us to continue to raise awareness, to continue to let people know that masking up is important. And with that being said, I definitely want to um, turn it back over to Julie so she can talk a little bit about uh, you know, what she's been doing with regards to Mass Together America, because the last time we spoke, she was just getting things off the ground. And now I look at all these beautiful faces in front of me and see all of the things that, that she has accomplished and all of the connections that she's made. And I just want to talk a little bit about what that effort has been like for you, Julie. Um, we are doing a lot at our end. Um, we are creating a community. Um, the platform, uh, we, we encourage people to tr share their true stories. Um, people complain that Facebook is having a lot of misinformation spreading. People are spreading misinformation. So we have to spread truth. We have to, truth will beat all the lies. And that's why we are inviting people to participate in our story sharing. And we are also doing um, PSA videos, people submitting their video saying that they, they, are, uh, they are vaccinated and um, we are standing together. And so um, is, we are encouraging everyone to participate in our campaign. Um, so that's how we are moving forward. We are not just promoting universal masking, but we are also encouraging people to get vaccinated. Um, and right now we are also doing a lot of collaboration. Um, we are supporting our public health community, working with the N-Coronavirus uh, organization, the Make Good Together organization, um, the COVID Survivor for Change. And we also support the Yellow Heart Memorial Group um, we want to give people an opportunity um, to basically share the information together, raise awareness together, to create a community. Um, so it's a lot of work, but it's going to take um, every one of us to work together. Uh, we're also building a website and hoping that uh, we can provide more venues for people to speak up. Absolutely, and I think that that is wonderful. And like I said, uh, just just the small representation uh, just goes to show that, that you know, you have touched people all over this country. And I know all over this world with, with the many pictures that you have had, uh, that you have taken, the stories that you have shared, the, the camaraderie. And I think that that's so important for people to see that, that, you know, they're not alone in this. We know that this pandemic hit everyone at the same time. And, and it has affected people in so many different ways. Like you said, we have our long haulers, those who, who are experiencing things and, and you're making sure that their voice is heard as well, you know, and that, and that, you know, it's not just, those who, who have lost their lives to it, those who are still living with it. And that's, and that's something that, that 
I think that a lot of people have not had an opportunity to hear. They hear about people who have had it and have been cured, but it's those long haulers, those who are still suffering the effects. And, and I know Dr. Marge has been vocal in that as well, because it, you know, it's almost when you don't wear the mask or if you're choosing not to vaccinate yourself, it's, it's as though you're saying that you do not care. And, and we've heard the buzzword empathy for, uh, you know, that, that's been the buzzword of the day. Are people showing empathy? Are they caring about their fellow uh, brothers and sisters? Are they willing to, to, you know, take the steps necessary to make sure that we're safe? And so I, I want to, you know, say again, hats off to the efforts that you've been making and the connections that you've been making and the platform that you're providing and making sure that people are continuing to, to be a part of this strong effort. We appreciate that. I also want to mention one thing is, um, we really need to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have never gotten COVID, um, but I have been doing everything I can to protect myself. I have two Im- uh, com- immunocompromised kidneys. Um, and I have been working through the pandemic as a photographer in person. Mm-hmm. I doubled up my mask. I wear two when, before I got vaccinated. And the minute I can get vaccinated, I, get the, I got the shots, even though I have side effects, but the side effect will pass. And I get tested for antibodies. And it showed that I have antibodies now. I'm very grateful mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to get um, to be uh, immunized. And we should thank all the scientists for working so hard to make this possible. And I am a living proof that masks work. I have been, I have taken thousands of pictures of people talking to them with my mask on. Masks have protected me. And so that's a very important thing for people to know. Masks actually can protect you. That's right. Not just to protect other people. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's important for people to remember too. And I know Dr. Helen, if you would chime in as well, you know, when we talk about, you know, wearing the mask, even though, you know, people have said, oh, well, I'm vaccinated. I don't need to wear the mask. Tell us a little bit about, you know, why, why people have felt that that's the case. Yeah, um, people probably think because they're vaccinated, they have herd immunity. Not really, because we don't understand so much about this virus yet. Um, It's really the, the Mask Together America is a platform to continue to raise awareness for people because we have testimonials of people that mask really works. And in fact, the Department of Veterans Affairs is the first federal agency that mandates all employees to be vaccinated and we're mandated to wear masks. So that's, you know, that's the science. And people need to believe because 80% of people who are wearing masks are protecting themselves, their loved ones, and their families. But what happened to the 20% that don't wear masks? So you know what? We're going to let them die. 
No. Because they they are not whether you know they have religious beliefs or um, health issues, but we really have to believe in the science because the vaccine is working. It is working and it is protecting us. And continue to wear the mask. The CDC has um, sent these guidelines um, last week because people are now lax because they have the antibodies. Right. But people still can get COVID even if you're vaccinated. However, the signs and symptoms might not be as uh, critical as to with somebody who did not get the vaccine. Recently, I had a, uh, uh, the husband of my good friend in Seattle he refused to get vaccinated. However, the whole family got vaccinated. They traveled to Dominican Republic for a vacation. And when they came back, they were tested um, and they were negative. Well, three days later, he was the only one who got fever, cough. He was admitted in Seattle, July 14th, and he passed away this Monday. Oh, wow. So it really, of COVID, of COVID, so he was the only one who was unvaccinated and we lost him. Yes. So it shows that science works and the message out there is mass together America. If you care, you need to wear it. That's it. Wear it if you care. That's it. And you see it's stories just like these that are important for us to, to be made aware of because we think that, that you know, there are people who just think, well, it's just not going to ever happen to me. It's never going to affect me. It's never going to affect my family. It's never going to, you know, come into my realm. And we've seen that, that COVID has touched just about everyone's life, even if it's through six degrees of separation. You know somebody or somebody that's close to you or a, or a relative or a, a, a dear friend. We all know someone who has been affected by this pandemic. And so, you know, for us to say, well, it's never going to hit me, so I'm not going to worry about it, you know, we, we're remiss in doing that. And, and you know, you talk about the, like I said, the importance again of wearing the mask. And I think about Lindsay and, and you know, talking about your children getting ready to start school. I know you're here in the Atlanta area as I am and in school starting back tomorrow and how, scary it can be that that you know they're not doing mask mandates and our children who are under the age of 12 are not eligible for vaccination so as a parent i mean i'm sure that that has been been hard for you and and then also in losing a loved one in your own family and my condolences again on the loss of your father but just you know knowing that you have a husband who is an essential worker who is out there who is is helping to, to fight, you know, how, how has it been for you as a person who has experienced it on many different levels? Well, thank you for giving me the chance to speak on that. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, it was especially terrifying. Um, my husband is an airline pilot and he flew consistently uh, to New York City, to Newark, JFK, LaGuardia, uh, before anybody was wearing masks or anybody really knew what was going on. Um, that was very scary. Um, despite his service in that regard, he was uh, furloughed for nine months. In the space of that time, 
Um, I lost my father who was a physician and did follow protocols, but sometimes that happens and he unfortunately got it. I contracted COVID while taking care of him before he was hospitalized. Um, and I'll say the, the trauma of having to walk around, deal with this virus, knowing that it killed my father um, has been very hard to deal with. I'm concerned about the mental um, health effects that that will have on my children. Mm. Also, um, because they see uh, many of their friends running around without masks on at various places, I've had to really reiterate to them that uh, we lost grandpa and they missed their grandfather. They were close to him. He had just moved here to be near us. So I have to remind them of that to remind them to keep the mask on their nose, which I think is not only important for kids, but for adults, because not everyone does that. Um, I don't know if the other kids in their class are going to wear masks. Um, I doesn't look like a lot of them will. Uh, so it's, it's a constant fear. And what I'd like to say about the kids is I'm not a doctor, so anybody please correct me. But while it is a small percentage of children who will have severe effects from COVID, and the statistics say that it's more dangerous for a child to ride in a car or swim in a pool or possibly drown than to have severe effects from COVID. Wow. This is now an added, um, an added risk for children that we've added on to the other list of things that we expect our children to possibly have a problem with. So this is not anything to laugh at when it comes to children. It does affect children. Children have ended up on ventilators and with long-term effects. And that is not what I want for my children or any child mm -hmm. I see. And I encourage school systems to think about that and listen to the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC recommendations. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that's why it's important to have platforms like these because there are some people who still are not aware. You know, even though this is an age of, of technology and, and information, there are still those who refuse to you know, seek the information. They're just waiting to hear from a friend of a friend. And if they have friends who are not willing to, you know, be a, a you know, to to advocate for wearing masks or they don't believe in, in um, you know, going about having a vaccination, then, you know, that's, the, that's their only source. And they may not be doing anything because they're just not aware or they have not heard of stories or they have not had it affect them directly. And, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that sometimes that's the only people that we hear from, those who are closest to us. And if the people closest to us don't believe in the vaccination or the mask, then we're losing those people as well. You know, so I thank you. I thank you, Lindsay, for bringing that to our attention. Also, I wanted to um, talk to, um, you know, Becky a little bit. And, and this is for Becky also and for Dr. Marge, because I know that as long haulers and, and some of the effects that you've had, I know that it's difficult, you know, for for you to see people who, you know, who may know you, you know, and may and may have to uh, be in contact with you, and they choose not to vaccinate or to wear masks as well, even um, after seeing the effects. Mm -hmm. I, if I can um, just jump in, that one of the things I think that hurts my feelings or any long haulers feelings the most is number one, you look fine. Um, people still call it cold and flu, nothing more. Um, 
I've never known of a cold or flu to have effects um, and impact the entire body head to toe from brain to heart, lungs, right. vascular system, skin. Um, this attacks every single organ. And it's very frustrating because a lot of people I love and care about that are in my world um, don't take it seriously. Uh, to me, and that's a front to me. I mean, you've seen me struggle and suffer for all of these months. And you still think this is a joke, that it has something to do with some wild conspiracy. And I get them daily, every day, a new conspiracy theory. And, um, and I, I can't entertain it. And I don't want to not have a relationship with these people. But right now, this is, we are in the toughest part of this pandemic. And every decision that we make right now is going to dictate how this is going to play out. So the more people that are not vaxxed, the more chances we're gonna have mutations. Delta's scary. There are other variants out there that uh, that are more scary and, and ones that we may create and have homegrown here in the United States. And that's definitely not something I want. Um, you know, it's herd immunity, I don't think is necessarily a possibility, but we can stave this off so that we don't have any more mutations. Schools are gonna be a challenge and that breaks my heart for all of us parents because many educators of educators as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was a teacher. And to be honest with you, there's no way in this planet, I would never teach uh, now. And they're recruiting left and right. Wow. Um, but I mean, I've seen it. I watched uh, last year and it was kind of our fun hobby. And it really was not fun. But my daughter would go, Mom, come here. The teacher's not wearing a mask. And there's a student right next to him not wearing a mask while we had a mask mandate. And so I kept taking pictures. Um, and when the principal said, why don't you want to send your kid back here to school every, it's so safe. And I pull out my camera and I'm like, well, this teacher and, and then this kid right, right here and all these people, I don't want my child to be a part of that. I just don't. I mean, can we afford to do it? I mean, you make it work. I mean, these are our children and, uh, you know, I, people are going to judge, but to me, uh, the, it's, it's very important. Also, my daughter had uh, COVID, I guess you could say twice, one symptomatically and one asymptomatically. Oh she God. got off the plane from Chicago and brought, um, brought it back. And um, then that was my second round, but she was asymptomatic. Nobody knew any better. And of course, everyone, oh, you're not, you don't look sick. So you're not right. sick, but she wow. was sitting there. I mean, I had to contact the airlines and the airline said, nobody does this. Nobody actually calls, which breaks my heart. I mean, we need to take an active stance. And if you know somebody who's exposed, please, you know, encourage them to do the right thing. Wow. I have way too many friends that are not getting tested when they go to get, go to get tested. And this happened to me recently uh, with a crazy rash I had. And they said, I'm sorry, we don't test uh, the vaccinated. We don't, we just don't do it. So all of this, you know, <laughs> Wow. Lack of transparency is mm. um, is not helping anyone really, wow. and it's not helping the parents to make a decision. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it's a simple, tiny, kind act, you know, just mm. to show that you care. Um, mm. We're not asking, you know, for for your firstborn. It, we're just asking that you use a few mitigation measures. It's really not difficult. Right, right. Thank you for sharing that, and and, and that's important for people to hear. Because, you know, you, you get a lot of that. Oh, you don't look sick and, and, and there's nothing wrong with you. And I know Dr. Uh, Marge can speak to that as well, because I know that, that you had a lot of, of naysayers when you were first, uh, you know, contracted with the virus as well. So talk a little bit about that. 
And then I want to hop into um, Dr. Roby because I want to ask him, you know, as a clinical psychologist, to talk to us a little bit about that as well. But we'll let Dr. Marge start first. Yeah, this this whole thing has changed my life because prior to COVID, I was I've always been a people person. And now I have to pick and choose, and I've lost a lot of friends, and that's okay. And I just can't be beat up anymore because I got picked on and, and told I was faking and called a liar and called a sheep and you know an attention seeker and all those things. And it just got to the point where I just made up in my mind no more. So I did a lot of unfollowing. I did a lot of blocking. I did a lot of deleting. And even in my own family, you know, I had to pick and choose. I had to choose me. And I just narrowed it, kind of narrowed it down to my immediate family because my oldest sister is 81 years old. Wow. I just went after her kids and, you know, all of my older sisters. I just went after their kids to make them understand that you guys got to do everything you can to protect my sister. So in my immediate family, it's good. You know, like I say, I lost a lot of people. But I also gained a lot of people because I, I I didn't ask for this thing. I was doing everything that society told me to do because I was getting ready for retirement. I was getting ready to make that transition into see my early retirement, my husband and I. So to be dealt this hand, I can't heal myself physically, but mentally I work on myself every day. So it, it is hard, you know, when people tell me all the time, well, you look fine. And I say, that's because I had health insurance and I was able to get these new teeth. But the reality is I lost seven teeth to COVID. So, wow. you know, looks can be deceiving. That's right. I, I, looks can be deceiving. All of us, you know, yeah, we look good. But once this camera go off and the lights go off and everything go off, mm -hmm. then, you know, we, we just normal people. I got being gay on my nightstand, Vicks Vapor Rub on my nightstand, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. these things, you know. So it's nothing glorious, but mm -hmm. we thankful. So, Kim, thank you so much and yeah. for helping us tell the truth. Yeah, because the truth needs to be told. Okay, like I said, I want to have Dr. Uh, Robbie chime in here. I know that, you know, as a long hole yourself, but also as a, as a clinical psychologist, there's, there's a lot more that goes along with this psychologically. So can you talk a little bit to that? Absolutely. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of the um, neurologic impacts of COVID. And um, it's really quite profound. And it's because COVID is really a vascular disease. And uh, obviously our blood vessels run throughout all of our bodies. And that's why we're having so many different organ systems involved. But the neurological aspect is really quite profound. One of the things that it does is it alters our neurochemistry. And in doing that, um, some, some long callers are experiencing depression and anxiety for the first times in their lives, clinical depression, clinical anxiety. 
Um, and people who have a history of battling either of those are finding an exacerbation of that and sometimes the worst that they've ever felt in their lives from a mental health, mental health standpoint. All of us are on support groups together and thank goodness for our support groups because we have lost fellow long haulers to suicide um, because they have not been able to win the battle. And as they're getting into the 400, 500 days of being ill, it's worn on them and they, they're completely hopeless. And that breaks my heart um, as a psychologist. And I've tried to, to share information about the, um, the suicide hotline that's available. Um, it's um, 1-800-273-TALK, as well as the crisis text line. And it literally is crisistextline.com. And they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so people need to know there is hope. And there are treatments becoming available. I want people to be aware of that. I'm actually in an um, experimental treatment protocol right now. And um, before I got this infection um, this past week, I did not sound like this. I sounded um, like myself. I was looking good. And um, so I'm four weeks into the treatment protocol and the treatment docs were, um, were so thankful that I was on the treatment protocol when I got this so that I didn't worsen. But the other mental health aspect, several people have um, talked about this, but I'm going to give you the medical terminology for it. Mm -hmm. It's gaslighting. Yes. And um, we're seeing medical gaslighting, we're yes. seeing community gaslighting, and we're seeing family and friends gaslighting yeah. and employers gaslighting. Yeah. And, um, and more and more, now that the CDC has recognized COVID long haulers, um, and additional organizations are becoming aware of this phenomenon now. Um, people are starting to pay attention. But I have, um, uh, um, I'll just use her first name. Her first name is Candace. She lives in Atlanta and she had to go to the hospital last week. And actually it was while I was in the hospital, she sent me a voice clip. And um, I encouraged her to post it. She recorded her experience with the doctor in the ER. Wow. And he came in without a mask on. And, um, and then wow. to cut to the end of it, he got upset with her because she asked him, would he put a mask on? And he came, left and came back, still no mask. And she asked him again. And he finally said, I'm sorry, I can't treat you. Um, and told her to make a new appointment and see someone else because he wow. couldn't see her because wow. he couldn't handle that. And I heard the entire message and she was very polite. And I'm seeing some others who know who I'm talking about, mm -hmm. probably have heard it as well. Mm -hmm. And she was very polite. And this, this medical provider was just so out of line. So we, we, all of us, um, as we continue to battle this, and we have multi-system organs involved, if you're not, I'm at, I'm being treated at Mount Sinai Center for Post-COVID Care. So I'm at the premier treatment center in the United States. And um, so I don't face this anymore. But when I was in Florida, I faced this yeah. and I'm a doctor. And I was too sick to be able to do what Candace did and speak up 
for myself. I was just too ill. But this issue is traumatizing people on a regular basis, as well as obviously being a long hauler, as well as even having COVID. And there are people who are long haulers that don't know they're long haulers because they're well. And then six months later, they get something. Right. So, yeah, just like you said, it's it's important. It's important, like you said, for, for, for mass, even for those who you know, have our long hauls who have experienced things because it's like you said, there are some things that are not happening right, you know, immediately. And they're seeing things that are developing down the line. And so it's important to remember that, but you, you know, the, the statement that you make about gaslighting is something that's so, so critical. It's something that we're seeing a lot of and, and on so many different levels. And so I'm glad you brought that to our team because that's something else that we need to just continue to have a conversation about because it is not just physical, it is mental, it is psychological, it is emotional. It hits on so many different levels that it's important for us to remember those things. And, and you know, when we talk about wearing our masks, we're talking about connecting, you know, to, to all of those things. We, we're wanting to, to help to avoid any aspect of COVID on any of those levels for, for coming up. Now, I know we're getting close to the end of our show, but I want to give Rachel and Mary an opportunity to speak as well. And we'll start with Mary first, because I know she is a, um, is a uh, healthcare worker as well. And also just all of the wonderful masks that we've seen her wearing day by day. Um, those who have had an opportunity to connect with, um, with Mass Together America have seen her uh, picture and have seen her wearing various masks that have just been beautiful and and have helped in promoting. And so, you know, I was happy to get on and say, I know Mary, because I see her face with all those lovely masks on. But just to, just to, to give you an opportunity, Mary, to chime in and, and, and talk about the experiences that you've had even as an essential worker. There we go. <laughs> You know, I guess for me, it was seeing my fellow employees have to get sick themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of my fellow employees having passed away, understanding what the physicians were going through as they were treating these patients as every bed in our facility was an ICU bed, the ambulatory surgery unit, the psych unit, everything was ICU. And so the intensity at which everyone fought to take care of these patients, the sadness that was experienced for those patients who did not make it. Um, And the only thing that I could really do was keep other people safe by wearing a mask. And I guess it all started as I was just trying to make a horrible situation, just do the best that I could to help the situation in some way. And the only thing I could think of was just show a mask, show a mask, match it to your outfit of the day, you know, just do it that way. And so I've kind of um, termed myself queen of the mask and it's not, it's, you know, it's, and it, maybe it's a terrible thing to say, but it's, it's really the only way that I can get people to understand that wearing a mask and wearing a mask properly is something that everybody can do. That's right. And it, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. So that's really, you know, what I'm doing. And, and you know, Julie asking me to become a, 
part of Mass Together America, I just like I kind of slid right in the 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 name of the group, Mask Together. So I'm grateful to be part of that. Um, and if if I am making someone understand the importance of wearing a mask to protect themselves, even though I'm vaccinated, I could still That's carry right. the virus and spread That's it. Right. And That's I right. don't want to do that. So I will wear the mask for as long as is needed. That's right. We appreciate that. I appreciate that. And like I said, I love it. As a fashionista myself, I like to have mine match. So every time I look at it, I'm like, yes, I love it. So absolutely. Even for those who are, who, who you know, just think, oh, it's not going to match my outfit. It doesn't matter. Just the fact that you're wearing it. Yeah. Get a blue disposable mask. You can wear them. Anyhow. There are so many styles and so many ways. So you can't say, well, it's this one. I say, I don't like this one. I don't like that one. There are so many to choose from. So it's like, but it's important just to remember to wear it, just Correct. to wear it. That's I, I, key. I tell people you show someone you love them if you give them a mask. That's right. That's right. That's the best gift that you can give people. Think about that. That's a, that's a good segue into, to, you know, the holiday season coming up. Get somebody a mask. Give them a Christmas one. Get them on Thanksgiving. Get them one for any other holiday that they celebrate. Uh, you know, make sure that it's just something, you know, for, for, for those who are younger, make it something fun for them, but also make sure that you tell them the importance, that you tell the story, that people understand why. As children, we always, you know, when we were children, we always asked why, why, why? Tell people why. Why is it important to wear this mask? What have you experienced? That's why we're sharing so many of these stories today, because we want people to understand this is why it's important. These are the faces of people who have been affected by it, you know, yeah. including myself. I have, uh, my husband was vaccinated and he uh, contracted COVID as well. And he is a cancer survivor as well. And so there are just so many reasons why it's important for us to wear masks for us. You know, so I make sure that I'm not bringing home things to my, my three-year-old grandbaby, right. you know, who can't protect herself, yeah. you know? So we have a role and we have a responsibility. And we'll wrap things up with uh, Rachel. I want to give her an opportunity to chime in. And, and you know, because there's so much that, that we all are doing, uh, you know, to be a part of this, uh, you know, of this effort. You know, and I want to talk a little bit more about what it is that you're doing to help as well. Uh, thanks. I mean, these stories, um, hearing everyone's stories kind of all at the same time, you know, they just kind of show the breadth of the impact of COVID-19 has had, you know, whether you've lost someone or you're dealing with uh, family members who are sick or um, worried about going, the safety of going into your office. And I think one of the things that we didn't really touch on is the other, the other thing is that I don't want to go back into lockdown. I don't want to go back to that place where, you know, I'm afraid to leave my house and I, I can't even go shopping and I hear sirens screaming past, you know, my door. Um, I, we, we can't go back there. You know, I want my children to be in school. I, I want to be able to go to the office. And if I, the way I can do those things is by wearing a mask. Um, and that's such a small thing compared to like the freedom and the, you know, that we need and the, the ability to be able to connect with people and interact with the world. And if we can do that and all it takes is wearing a mask, 
I, I want to support that. Um, and so that that's why I'm, you know, happy to just continue to be a part of this really, really appreciative of Julie and all the amazing things she's done with Maps Together America and, and all the amazing people, you know, kind of that have connected through this kind of movement. Um, it's it's a small thing, but it, it, it can really change lives, so many lives. And, and it's really important. Right, right. And I thank you for that, uh, you know, because that's something that people haven't thought a lot about if we don't, you know, do those things that we talk about doing, if we stop, uh, you know, wearing masks or, or not doing the pandemic, and we see this uptick, we see this rise, we see these new variants, we'll be right back in the same place where we were, behind doors, not able to come out and do things that we want to do and, and to be able to congregate and to be able to see family members outside of Zoom and other types of social media that have kept us together. We want to be able to move past that. And we can't do that if we're not willing to take the steps necessary to make that happen. You know, so uh, Rachel, you touched on a very, very key part. And that's a wonderful way to wrap up this conversation and saying that we want to do this so that we don't have to be confined to our homes and that we'll have opportunities to come together and to do some of the things that, that we want to do to, to reconnect with the people who are near and dear to us. You know, we have many people who have lost lives and have not been able to to be, uh, you know, to attend their memorials. And that's that's been a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And 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 there are still people who are, are you know, feeling the effects of that and and not being able to have that closure with their families or with their loved ones on a daily basis. And so it's important that we continue to mask together, that we continue to join forces, that we continue to educate people so that they understand the importance of, of what it means to, to bond together so that we're, we're getting to a place of healing, that we're getting to a place of, of knowledge. And as we're learning more about this and, and able to, to find different types of vaccinations and things that may help to heal, what else can we do just to, to be a part of the solution, to be a part of helping to be a part of being empathetic to those who are who are dealing with it, those who have lost loved ones, those who are still dealing with the effects, and those who have not yet experienced it. But we know that it's important for us again to mass together. So I'm going to leave the last uh, words to you, Julie. Uh, your last uh, words for you know everyone out there and and what they can do to be a part of Mass Together America. I mean, got it. I want to remind everyone that the nationwide trends right now is showing 18 to 49 make up the largest demograph of hospitalized COVID patients. Yeah. Um, that's alarming. Um, moving forward, we really need to encourage young people to mask up. We need to, we are seeking more collaboration with organizations that promote um, mass awareness and also vaccination. Um, We're hoping that we can collaborate with universities and send a stronger message together. Um, right now, we are working with some student organizations as well, um, SF Strong and also Where If You Care, they are student organizations um, in Michigan and San Francisco. Um, 
So that's the direction we're moving forward to. And we also collaborating with Long COVID Kids USA, um, looking for more partnerships to send uh, messages together. Yeah. Um, we have to stop Delta variant and all the other variants. Um, so wearing our masks is very critical. Yes, yes. Well, like I said, I want to take this moment to thank you all for being here. I see we had one uh, guest who came on at the last moment and we'll give him a moment just to, to, to chime in and tell us who he is and, and your organization. Yeah, you're on mute, dear. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry. My apologies for being late. I'm from um, GiveMassAdvance.org. The main purpose that we started the organization for about, must be about it, a year ago or maybe longer, um, was with the hopes of uh, creating a song and the song is Give Mass a Chance. And it's taken actually from a very old song of the Beatles. And I rewrote the lyrics to Give Peace a Chance. Yeah. Um, and it's gotten some exposure, not as much as we would have wished it had. And now I'm working with, with Julie at the present time as well as um, on my organization. And I think we're at a, a very critical point with what you all spoke of, um, the idea of binding together uh, the idea of where we should go next, the idea of what have we done? You know, we, we really can't measure what we've done. We all know that we've helped save lives. We've helped people prevent themselves from being long haulers. Um, but now is also the incidence of the low vaccine rate that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to examine where our best efforts can be put. Is it in getting more people vaccinated? Is it an encouraging mass? Is it both? And in what direction we should push? Should we, we should be, we should we be lobbying, you know, the common citizen? Or I don't see, unfortunately, that the political and financial aspects have taken uh, a second share. Um, to the actual virus and, and the people being injured and killed by it. Um, I see it as one which is very politically and financially driven. And unfortunately, that hasn't changed from, not that we should talk politics, but that really hasn't changed from Trump to Biden. That really hasn't changed from CDC working under Trump or working under Biden or the Surgeon General working under either of them that was still left with this terrible void mm -hmm. in what our government is doing and what the science is and isn't telling us and the, and the flip-flop that we're experiencing is worse than ever. Yeah, well, like I said, we thank you for being here and joining us and, and talking about your efforts as well and, and uh, give masks a chance.org. But I'd like to take the time to thank you all for being here with me, for sharing uh, your stories and for, you know, the, the thoughts that you shared, the, you know, just, just for opening the doors, opening the eyes, opening the ears to people who may not have heard the stories, who may not have thought about wearing masks and may 
you know, by the words that we said and the stories that we shared, thought to say, okay, you know what, you know, maybe it's time for us to mask up. You know, maybe it's time for us to do that. So before we go, I want us to put our masks back on if we have them nearby. Because we practice what we preach. And it's all about masking up. We want to make sure that everyone masks together and that we mask together, you know, for everyone, not just for ourselves, for our families, but for each and every person represented out there. Okay, so remember, mask up America, mask together America, be a part of the movement, and we'll make sure to have the contact information for each guest who was, uh, was here on the show with us. And that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, give them the peace sign, everyone. We say peace.